Hey y'all, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm your host. Today I've got my special guests back on, Lloyd Capuccio and Kevin Liddell. We're going to talk about combi steam ovens and can they sous vide? I'll be right back with Kevin and Lloyd. Smoking, grilling, getting hot and hotter, sous vide and chilling from Fire and Water. Hey, all I want to introduce you to a company I just started working with, Fresh Jack's Organic Spices out of Jacksonville, Florida. They're a small, family-run company that's fast-growing. I've tried a bunch of their different seasoning blends and spices, and I can tell you they are all fresh, all organic. None of them contain artificial flavors or sweeteners. None of them have anti-caking agents or preservatives. They all taste like they were just made for you yesterday. Check them out, guys. They're on Amazon in the link below. They have different sample packs, different blends. Like I said, they also have the individual seasonings and spices as well. Fresh Jack's Organic Spices. Check them out, guys. I love them. Welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I am Darren. I am your host, and it is getting towards the end of the year, and it's December, and it's almost Christmas, and I got my two buddies on. Lloyd Capuccio and Kevin Liddell, they are both here, and we're going to have a big rumble today. We're going to talk about Combi Steam Ovens. The uh, uh, new Anova Precision Oven is a Combi Steam Oven. We're going to talk about can they sous vide or can they not? This is a big controversy, huge in the Facebook groups. I mean, it's just people are fighting, and there's a war going on, and we're going to settle it right here. Welcome, Lloyd. You're going to be my my uh, uh, counterpoint to my point, right? Or eye candy. <laughs> eye candy. I have hair too. If you guys haven't noticed, Lloyd's got a haircut. He is looking dapper. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> he's, also, he's also not at the beach today like he normally is. So he is actually. It's cold out. Uh, and Kevin, Kevin has got fast internet now, so we can actually talk to Kevin and he doesn't cut in and out. Welcome back, Kevin. Well, yeah, hopefully. Thank you. <laughs> and Lloyd's dogs are in the background saying hello. Oh, I got two of them guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, all right, guys. So I want to get started. This is going to be like a semi-serious, semi, you know, have fun. It's the holidays. It's the end of 2020, and this year's been crap for everybody. So um, let's talk about this because one of the things that's not change this year is the amount of technology that keeps coming out. And I think that's going to be my next book. I think I'm going to write a book about how technology has jammed its way into both the outdoor and indoor cooking, um, you know, areas of our homes and how much it's changed just over the last five or six years. So technology has been really sticking its, uh, you know, face into the cooking both indoor and outdoor cooking areas of the home. And one of the things that happened this year is that Anova Precision came out with a new home combi steam oven. And one of the controversies has been popping up and it came up in the sous vide groups because when they came out with it, they marketed it, especially in their Facebook group, which up until now had been strictly talking about sous vide and circulators when they came out with the sous vide uh, or the uh, Anova Precision oven uh, it has some sous vide properties or they use the term sous vide mode and they kind of marketed it heavy in their group and some of the people that 
our strictly sous vide aficionados got kind of upset with that because it was a different than sous vide and so they didn't understand it and all that so <clears throat> that's kind of where this uh, controversy thing kind of started combi ovens have been out there for a while now but they really haven't been something you could bring home with you some of the um, top end um, manufacturers like Miele and uh, some others um, rationale wolf and something like that and, uh, have had home steam ovens but they're you know usually over four or five six grand so Usually you don't see a whole lot of those in people's homes, but um, they're getting cheaper. And, and Anova is one of the first ones that came out with one that was under under seven hundred bucks that you could have in your house. So it's um, one of the things that you're probably going to see a lot more of them in the future because they they are the first ones to have that. So other manufacturers, I'm sure, are going to be working on their own. They're going to make improvements to the one that they have. So so let's talk a little bit about what combi ovens are, uh, Kevin, you worked with them when you, you know, worked in the restaurant. So what exactly the, is a combi oven? What can it do? What can it do different than a regular oven? Uh, basically what it does is it measures uh, the, the humid. You can add, you can, you can use a combi oven as a conventional oven, like a convection oven that you might have at home. Your toaster oven might be a convection oven. Um, that's what these, these, these air fryers are. They're all just convection ovens. So you can use them as a, a convection oven. You can also use it to steam. So just steam and steam heat. You can use it as a combination of uh, convection heat and steam heat. Uh, and these, the newer combi ovens have so many features. I mean, I, I, they're just, it's baffling what they can do. Um, the home ones don't have all the features that the big ones do, obviously, you know, but they also don't cause thirty thousand dollars um so we're going to talk about wet bulb and dry bulb temperatures when we're talking about combi ovens and i think the easiest way to make people realize or understand the difference between dry bulb and wet bulb is when you hear about like heat index uh when you're listening to the you know local weather forecast uh the reason the heat index is higher than the air temperature that we're, that your thermometer your regular thermometer is going to take is because there's uh, evaporative cooling taking place. So when we do a wet bulb and a dry bulb thermometer, uh, a dry bulb thermometer is just like a normal thermometer you would have every day, use every time, digital, analog, whatever. That's a dry bulb thermometer. Wet bulb thermometers have uh, usually a cloth. They, they have some sort of absorbent casing that's also uh, conducive to evaporation. And so it's like when you sweat, evaporative oh. cools what cools you off. Uh, so we're, they're using these wet bulb thermometers to measure the evaporative cooling. So generally, in general, when, until you get up to hundred percent humidity, your wet bulb thermometer temperature is going to read lower than your dry bulb thermometer as a general rule. There are a few exceptions, but as a general rule, that's what's going to happen. Um, once you reach hundred percent humidity, evaporation and evaporative cooling stops because there's nowhere for the moisture to go from your food into the air surrounding it. Um, so I was reading, uh, if a human is in 115 degrees at 50% humidity, that's when you've exceeded your ability to cool yourself. So at 50% humidity and 115 degrees, you will start absorbing heat from the atmosphere instead of releasing heat into the atmosphere and you will die relatively quickly. Um, so I don't know. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
and you know, me personally, I've lived in Florida since 1979 and, you know, we've get you know, 80, 90% humidity and you go outside <clears throat> and it can be 80 degrees and it feels like it's 120. And that's kind of what the wet bulb temperature is. It's the feels like, you know, temperature, you know, so when you're watching the weather and it says it's 80 degrees, but feels like 120, that's the wet bulb. Because like you said, the more humidity in the air, the hotter it feels. If you go out, I've been to Vegas, you know, in the middle of July, uh, because it's cheaper then, <laughs> you know, it's really cheap. <laughs> Nobody wants to go there because it's so hot. It's 112, 120 degrees, but you walk outside and it's really not that bad. I mean, but, <sighs> but if you go out, you know, the difference between going outside at 90 degrees in Florida and going outside at 120 degrees in Vegas, you can watch the water just leave your body in, in Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you, you don't really, your, your clothes don't get too wet because it's just gone. It evaporates off. But in Florida, you, it'll just stay with you. you. You get, your clothes get soaking wet and you feel like you were actually swimming in a swimming pool. But in Vegas, it just leaves your body so quick. You get dried out. Your lips get chapped right away. I mean, when the wind blows, it's like a hair dryer blowing in your face. You know, it's totally different in Florida. And um, so, I mean, that's go ahead. That's in Vegas, you almost you, you you almost don't sweat when you're in Vegas when you're in a dry heat. You actually actually sublimate, so you don't actually form moisture on your skin. It goes straight from your skin into a gaseous form. Oh yeah, it just evaporates um, get, right away. So yeah. Yeah, it never, never. Even, it goes from one stage. It skips a stage. It goes straight from the liquid, liquid stage straight to vapor stage. Go ahead. I think the best analogy is when you stick your hand in a two hundred degree oven versus putting it above a boiling pot of water. The same will burn your hand, both right. at two hundred degrees. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's start by just talking about what what a steam oven or a combi oven can do different than a regular oven. I mean, we kind of talked about wet bulb and dry bulb and all that, but what's, what's the benefits? I know I just cooked some bagels this morning in the Innova oven. So one of the benefits that has is that the steam actually affects, you know, uh, when you're baking bread or something, the steam actually helps proof the dough and, and lets the dough rise a little bit better. So what else can a uh, steam in a oven do to help, help cook? Well, just to correct you a little bit, Darren, it's not actually helping the proof in the oven. It's actually increasing the oven spring and the steam will prevent expansion. The, the expansion. Whereas in a conventional oven, I worked in a bagel shop, guys, in the 80s, and we had steam-injected ovens. Um, and when you, when you bake bread um, in a conventional method, the top crust will form very quickly. And during the oven spring, when you hit about 140 degrees, it's that poof and it cracks the bread. In a steam-injected oven or a combi oven or a CVAP oven, for example, um, it keeps the surface kind of wet and moist, so it gives time for the oven spring to happen, and it won't break the crust. So, Well, thanks for correcting me. Now I'm going to have to you know, this, this, kick you this, off. You can't are, are you gonna, are you gonna, Probably going to edit that part out, aren't you? Yes. No, I'm kidding. It's called, it's called oven spring. Yeah, oven spring. <laughs> so, so besides that, what can what what is the benefits of cooking in steam or having the option to cook in steam? Moisture, increased well, moisture. Yeah, you can retain retain moisture. Yeah. If if you're cooking a chicken in 100 percent humidity and there's nowhere for the moisture to go, it's less likely to be burning out of your chicken. So you're going to have mm -hmm. a, a ultimately a, a moist a better result in your product. Higher percentage of moisture retention also. In, in your product, in your food? 
So before there was combi ovens, I think CVAP ovens mm-hmm. came before. I don't know if they came around the same time or before. You can read one article will say one thing and one or another article will say something else. But from what I understand where CVAP ovens came from is a company built them for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, 1960s. And um, they used it to not only cook the chicken, but to keep it. Um, Because one of the hardest things they found was after they fried the chicken to try to keep it, you know, perfect for the amount of time that it had to sit there before somebody came and actually bought it. So what's the difference between a CVAP, which is, uh, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, they actually, I don't know if they're using them to cook with now, but I know for 30 or 40 years when they first got the CVAPs, they were only holding food, food in them. Because you could hold food safely, and you didn't lose crispness or quality of the product. And so it turned out really well for them. Uh, CVAP oven, as far as I know, now I've played around with them. It's been a while. I've played around. I used to work with auto shams, uh, and that's sort of what they are. They sort of they hold your food at a nice, you know, you don't have to hold it at 180 degrees. You can hold it at a proper temperature with a good humidity content, and the quality of the product stays pretty close to fresh cooked. Um as far as I know, that you, you just don't have the, the ability to control uh, the percentages as easily. And I think that combi ovens are definitely more accurate as far as their temperatures. The $30,000 comb better be darn close to dead on Perfect. temperature and dead on humidity when you're dialing that stuff in. Yeah. The, the newest CVAP ovens, uh, I just Googled them. The, you can't adjust the humidity with the new ones, the, the new CVAP ovens. Okay. <clears throat> Breaking up. I mean, I'm amazed that the, uh, the rationales that I've played with the combi ovens, uh, the, uh, is that better? The, uh, better. the combi ovens I've played with have, have uh, just incredible amounts of control. And you can do you can cook different types of breads on different levels at different temperatures. I mean, it's just amazing. And then, you know, you can, they have like a smoker drawer in them, full internet connectivity. Uh, and then you have a clean solution reservoir you can fill and you just program a thing in for a clean cycle overnight and you come back to a perfectly clean oven the next morning. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, I want that one. I want that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. These, the things that the comp, the, that the commercial ones have now, I mean, I've, I've looked up some of the, you know, a lot of the stuff that we get in our, our homes. And that's kind of what I'm going to, on my book, I'm going to focus on a lot of the stuff that we eventually get to our home starts out on the commercial side under restaurants and, you know, uh, the food, uh, preparation industry, whether it's in institutions like hospitals or, you know, uh, schools or what have you, a lot of that technology starts there because that's where the money is really, you know, they can afford the R and D and, and, and the money and these restaurants, like you said, Kevin, these, these are, these, uh, rationale ovens are like you know 30 40 grand and they they have to have certain you know direct water line hookups they have to have certain you know uh, the electricity that they take you know is not just plug it into your regular wall at home so that that's one of the things that uh, these ovens come from but you know they, they develop all this technology for that but eventually with all kinds of technology it gets cheaper and then we eventually can get it into our homes and that's one of the things with this new Innova oven, it's, it's got it, you know, they, they developed it to be affordable for your home 
not all the technology is, of course, what they have in these combi steam ovens that are commercial based, but a lot of it is. And some of the things that they've developed into it, you can do some really similar things to it. And one of the things I have this uh, cheaper um, F Bloomline steam oven that I that I got off of um, Amazon. I'm comparing it with the Innova oven. It's a very basic steam oven. You know, I can have it do steam or not. So there's no control of the steam, no percentages of steam. I can, it's got two burners, one on the top, one on the bottom. And that's about all I can do is I can control which burners are on. I can have them both on or one or the other steam or no steam. And that's it. So one of the, my tests today when this video is to see which one made better bagels. And really you couldn't control anything on the, on on that cheaper one. So they came out about the same, but if I wanted to do something else where I needed more control, I didn't have that. So, well, let me debate you for a second, Darren. So you got the Anova, and I'm under understanding that you agree with Anova that there is a sous vide setting that is sous vide. Well, no, that's what makes the other what, what makes the other one not sous vide then? They're both using steam and temperature. Well. The only reason, and this is where I think a lot of people get confused, is that the only reason that ANOVA put sous vide mode in there is because that it's measuring the wet bulb temperature. So the F Bloom line doesn't have that option. Mm-hmm. It only it only measures the dry bulb temperature. There's no difference. So, so when you push the sous vide mode in the ANOVA precision oven, all it's really doing is reading the wet right. bulb temperature. But that would be a, a better way to describe it than saying sous vide. Well, it's not sous vide. It's not sous vide, though. Well, What's the, the standard? If you listen to what, what Scott Heimendinger, and he was on my I podcast. I watched the video. And he, what, the way he explains it is that's they use that because that's what people will understand more because they're used to the sous vide. So the similar cooking temperatures and, and all that and times you would use – with the sous vide mode instead right, of I understand that. being it literally approachable right now to you know not to defend anova but that's been being used in in combi steam ovens before yes, anova came out so for them you know to sit there and say well they can't say that well they're like i said it's an industry standard that i've seen chef shows on netflix that you know, some of these shows, they go around and visit all these different restaurants and they're using these combi steam ovens and they're using bags. If you're using a bag, that's technically sous vide. So they're actually cooking sous vide in these ovens because they're using a bag and, and they're using and that's steam. Where I would, that's yeah. where I would disagree. So if the standard is steam, right, and temperature, if that's the, if that's a standard for sous vide, then I guess when I pressure can or pressure cook my food, I've got steam. I got protein. I got well, heat. I don't think and I don't think Anova's ever said that that's what it is. I think they're like I said. They they say it's because it's using the wet bulb. Now, if you choose not to use a bag in there, and 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 use a sous vide mode, then yeah, technically it's not sous vide. But I think that's where people are getting tripped up, and I think that's where you get tripped up a lot. Is it doesn't really matter what you call it. If you put a bag in there, you know. And you use sous vide mode. Is it now? Is it sous vide or no? Is it because it has to be in the water? No. Bath? I would say you can get sous vide like textures and, and right. flavors, and, and but it's so, not but, sous vide. But it's so not. if you're if you're marketing to people who don't have as much knowledge, marketing. As, as us, Thank you, marketing. But it money. is. You, but you have to. It's not money. It's to yeah, it is. for people to understand it more. 
It's, right, uh, dumbing it's it not, down for the average person. But well, yeah, but so that somebody would understand. If I use sous vide, then I'm using I'm using you know right. the similar temp. I'm using similar temperatures and times than I would in sous vide. Right, so I get not, that. We're we're dumbing it down for the general public. Basically, it does. Person does an internet search. Oh, this is sous vide and regular cooking. Right. I'm going to buy that. So you're dumbing it down for the regular audience. I have to argue with you, and I appreciate what Scott's done. Okay, I love this video. I love the oven. I want one, but it's not sous vide. It's a fast difference between it as far as thermal conductivity, water versus steam. I'm not saying it doesn't produce a good product, but it's not sous vide. I can give you multiple analogies. I have a Weber Smoky Mountain, right? I just did it the other day. It's custom. It stands over six feet tall, right? I got a I got a barbecue guru in there. I can control the temperature. I have a CF flan a CF uh, M fan in there to circulate the air. I have a water pot. I got a steamer inject. Is that sous vide? Is that barbecue? If you put if it I in a bag, it, if you put a bag, you, you cook the food in a bag, it's sous vide. And I'll fight you for that. It's not sous vide. It's not sous vide. It's not, it's not submerged in water. And, okay. and, and the reason but, why I'm saying. But who are you yeah. arguing with that with though? You can't argue everybody. with everybody. <laughs> I'll argue with everybody. <laughs> I'll even arm wrestle you guys. But you can't argue if it's an industry standard and they've been using it in others. I mean, I've got, I can. That's going to stop me? No. I mean, you can argue, standard. but you, you know, you have to go to every Facebook group well, that's okay. and, and everything else. And well, stupid it. is, as stupid does. It's stupid. I don't care. Hey, stop that. That's what I used on Kevin. Right, Kevin, Kevin, I need some input from Kevin here. Give give us your intellectual opinion. Hold on. Before you, uh, before uh, I, before I get Kevin involved, I'm going to go ahead right. and share my screen. I'm not, right, gonna, I'm not going to shut him up yet. Oh, All right, there we go. Some water here. Right. I want to share my screen because I, you know, I've got some websites pulled up, and you know, some yeah. of these you've looked at, I'm sure, because we did. Oh some, yeah, I've seen this one. Know. Oh, I, I read this one. It's, it's good. So you know, sous vide, combi ovens, CVAP ovens, cook and hold. I mean, and yeah. and most of these articles will tell you that it's not the same, of course, but it's very similar. Thank you. Sous vide like similar results. Exactly. I never, I never argued that, but good. to argue good. that. They can't use the term sous vide in the oven. It's kind of silly when it's been going on for um, many years. And Would you agree, though, just because you do something for a very long time doesn't make you correct? I didn't you say talk it about correct. religion. Oh, my God. It, oh my God. I didn't say it was right? absolute, but not everything has to be absolute, though, as far as this goes. We're not talking religion. We're talking about ovens. <laughs> Well, I don't have this link. Which link, which link is this one? This is actually an article that uh, Nathan Mervold uh, did back Ooh. in 20, 2014. And Can you send this one to me, please? Yeah, and it's one. actually his design of a uh, yeah, I'd like a it better, too. Uh, design of a, a better oven, and it, it's very pretty. It's really cool. I didn't. I found this one just like you know two days ago. Ooh, and I like to. Re- so Nathan one. Mervold is is the guy behind uh, Modernist Cuisine. If you guys don't know what Modernist Cuisine is, Google that. Check out the books. The books are very expensive, and a lot of the top <sighs> chefs buy these books because he goes into really details of oh, a lot of so modernist cooking uh just things. give you a uh interject one little thing i just came across an article just, by Nathan just one World. just, just one. one i i'm gonna talk so uh, modern cuisine for the home page 38 specifically talks about combi ovens temperatures below 140 degrees will vary between four and nine degrees okay so not like sous vide Sous vide, you can set, and they'll stay within a tenth of a degree. 
Right. And, and I, don't, I don't think I don't think anybody's going to argue with you. I don't think anybody's ever going to argue with you on that because that's just that's physics. I mean, water, you know, it's itself, physics. liquid water is actually a better, you know, conductor of, of heat and you can control it a lot better right. than steam because you got air mixed in with it. So nobody's ever going to argue that's that. That's debatable. Yeah. Oh, I well, could argue Kevin, that. Well, Kevin, you'd argue about anything. <laughs> Kevin could argue everything. I'll send you guys a copy of this because yeah, I'll, please I'll, do. I'll send you this link because it's actually pretty good because his whole point is he said the ovens that we use normally, and this is from 2014, you know, remember that, most ovens that are in our homes are used to bake bricks. I mean, they're used to dry things yeah. out. <laughs> That's pretty much what, you know, you bake bricks, you want to dry it out to make it hard and have no moisture in it. So that's, you know, what we use to cook our food is something that's actually, you know, just going to dry the heck, dry it out. So, you know, and he, just, this article, he just goes about what we really need to do to make an oven that's, and it's pretty much a combi oven is what it is. And it's kind of like, a lot of the stuff that they they did back then is what these companies are putting into these newer um, forty fifty thousand dollar combi steam ovens, and then even some of these home type ovens like Wolf and uh, Miele have these home ovens now where they're not the twenty or forty thousand dollar ones, but they're still five six eight thousand dollars. And like with this, do the one, Wolf ovens do they have a wet bulb? Do they have wet bulb temperatures too? Yes. Oh wow! Nice. Yes, and um, let's see which. Oh crap! I want one. Go I gotta be fine. By the way, I, just for your audience, I'm not against Anova. I'm not against Combi ovens. Uh, from what I've read, excellent results. Okay, People here. are very happy. It's not. It's not sous vide. <clears throat> it's technically not. You can get Thank you. sous vide that type works. results. Now, here's the melee. Case. So, melee is like the one that's the most popular one now that um, they're out of, uh, I think they're out of Germany. A lot of these companies that develop these steam ovens and stuff are out of the out of Europe. So, um, or, you know, even, even I think the, this, um, the Innova one was developed by a guy from Europe, but they build them in Asia because it's just cheaper. cheaper. But, you know, Do they see, have one for the home? Who does melee have one for the home? Yeah, they actually these are for the home. That's, but it. that's it right there. Oh. Yeah, but they're oh. more expensive. See, these are like the five six thousand dollar ones. Oh gosh! And some of them actually have built in vacuum sealers. They have built in chamber sealer drawer. Oh nice! And if you see this here, they got they're showing you cooking in a bag nice. in, in the melee oven. So that's technically, cool. they will probably fight you and say yes, that's sous vide. So because it says sous vide cooking right here, but they mm-hmm. they actually this particular model has a built in chamber sealer. So, I mean, you, really open, cool. you open the drawer, you put your food in the bag, put the food in the drawer, close the drawer, hit the button, it's zoop, then you take it out and th- toss it in the oven. So, I know the terminology doesn't bother you, and Kevin could probably interject here. Why not use uh, more precise terminology like combi cooking, humidity well, cooking, you know, and I cooking, think with, what, cooking, cooking with moisture? I think, well, one of the reasons is because like with this particular one and even in, in some of the, um, like I said, I've watched a bunch of, you know, chef type shows and cooking shows on Netflix and other places where they're still cooking in the bag and it's using steam, it's using moisture. So they still consider it sous vide because it's in a bag. So that's, they've commandeered the name is what they've done. Well, it's because it's in the bag. They can technically say it is because it's in a bag. I'm sure they would love to be able to throw in the term Instapot and 
uh, <laughs> what you know, George Foreman grill else no. in there. Yeah, yeah no air fryer. Call it an air fryer as well. You know, yeah. I mean, what are the what are the th- the three hottest cooking trends right now? Instant pot, air fryers, and sous vide. Well, I tell you so, what, the new you know, G- if the you can sell G- someone an oven that says they're going to do sous vide. There's actually new uh, GE. Uh, my, my actual sister just bought a new GE oven. It's one of their more expensive ones, and it's got a it's a convection oven, but it's got air fry button because. <laughs> Most people don't know that a regular it's marketing con- because most people don't know that a, a convection oven is an air fryer. Well, <laughs> it's just, super fast. It's a little faster, right? My, my daughter, my daughter wanted an air fryer for Christmas. And I said, well, I just got the new, you know, Anova oven. It's a convection oven. It's the same thing. She's like, that's not a, not an air fryer. I'm like, it, well, it is. <laughs> from the Breville, I have a Breville oven, right? It's got convection and has an air fryer mode. Air fried mode means super convection, so I'm assuming the fans spin extra fast. Right, and it's the, not air frying. And the ele- air frying, and the elements get a little bit hotter. You know, yeah, so. that's about it. It's yeah. a misnomer. It's just a marketing thing. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, and like I said, and that's the reason. In, a, in even Scott admitted this when it was on my podcast. It's they use that to differentiate a that it's using the wet bulb and that people can understand those times and temperatures compared to what you would sous vide. So and to sell more products. It's just so people can understand it. But other than that, they can do a lot of things. They can uh you can use a bag in them and, and cook sous vide type if you want to. Um yeah. they're really great for baking. I haven't you know I've used mine um compared it a couple times with sous vide in the bag. I think that um you get a very similar result. You'd be hard pressed to really be able to tell on certain things. There's a lot of things I won't use it for that I would normally sous vide, like larger items and stuff like that, or longer well, cooks. Ten like, like, for example, roast. Yeah, longer cooks like a, a brisket. I, I I have a brisket I just did. I actually just pulled it out of the sous vide bath and, and chilled it down. I'm gonna you know finish that up tomorrow. But I wouldn't cook a brisket for you know forty eight hours in the oven. You know, have the oven running the whole time. Just I think the ovens are awesome. I want their second version or the Breville version or a polyscience version. Yeah, I think it's still relatively new. But beyond that, I mean, the technology that that the, the Innova oven has built into it. Yeah, that's got you know some issues. I mean, people are complaining about you know the pan and and. Some of them are hooking up to the Wi-Fi like they should. Some of them, the, the water tank's cracking. You know, you, you can expect that on a first-generation product. It's first-generation. Yeah, the Weber, Weber, you know, Weber's been around for how long? You know, six, 70, 80 years. I love you my know, Weber's. Right, but they came out with a pellet grill this last year. It, it sucks. And, and it bombed because they didn't do enough testing on it. And it came out and had all these issues and they got fried. They got fried on the YouTube channels. They got fried in the Facebook groups and everywhere because, you know, the pellets weren't going down like they were supposed to. They were getting grease fires. It just wasn't a really well-designed thing to release. And they had to come back and, you know, send out replacement parts and, and fixes and all kinds of stuff in the first six months. And they really took it on the chin. And, you know, so it can happen to any company. And when you when you have a first generation of something that's, especially like with Weber, they never made a pellet grill before. They never had anything that was Wi-Fi controlled. So this was all something new to them. And they um, had to 
you know, they crapped the bed is what they did. Yeah. They had to rely on other companies to help them design it and put it together. And then they just threw it out there without as much testing as they, you know, they had a couple of units that worked good and didn't realize that when you go full production, <laughs> you know, things change. I, I can talk- only assume, but they relied so on their name to sell their products. That was, well, I, I've talked- that was my experience with the, the steak eater. Yeah. They were the steak eater was able to, I don't know if you guys steak eaters was a, it started off as like a home built box with Bluetooth and stuff. I bought one. It sucks. You could sort of connect, but you put it in. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty, it was a, you know, they're making them in a garage and sending them out whenever they, you know, whenever they got an order. And then they finally got Kingsford to come on board and use the name. And they got into these pretty big ones, you know, they're a good size, uh, ager for, for beef, you know, for doing subprimals. And so I got a really good, I got like a 40% discount. I thought, Hey, that'd be pretty cool. And I ordered one. This was over two years ago and it didn't, you know, it took, it was delayed months and months and months. And I had wanted to get it for Christmas and I got it like two days after Christmas it arrived. It was, you know, parts were hanging out. Anyway, the, the whole experience had turned to bust. Everyone was complaining that they're all their machines. None of the machines worked. They were arriving all broken from China. They were beaten up. They didn't work. And that company, they just didn't test it enough before they sent out the the order, the pre-orders, and they were out of business in six months. They well, were they gone. So Kingsford, they so they went out of business, and someone else took up the name of, of the gotcha. steak ager. It's not Kings. It's not. It's not Kingsford. It's not related to Kingsford. Charcoal. Is it a better product? Kevin? Just, Is it a better product now? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm. I was burnt so bad that I'm pretty. I'm wary did of that just, sort of did stuff. You send it back. It's better. You send it back. It's better. Oh yeah, I sent it back. Yeah, I didn't even open it. It was the box was all messed up. I didn't. I just called UPS and said, "Come pick it up," and sent it back. And they did. Um, I got my money back. No, no, no issues. Um, but it was just they rolled out too fast. And I think Innova took their time. I think Innova did pretty well. The only constant I can see is with the water tank. There are a few other issues, like the pan you mentioned, which is no big deal. Uh, there are some few issues, but you're going to have that. You know, when you're dealing with electronics and water and, you know, high heat, you're going to run into some issues here and there. And I think they're probably taking care of their customers pretty well. Well, and a lot of criticisms. I'm sorry, Darren. Well, well, a lot of times it's, you know, the um, beta testing, you're doing it on something that's they produce 10 units. When you produce 10 units and you then move to producing a thousand units, it's a lot different. You know, the manufacturing process has to change. And I've talked to people and companies that, you know, started out on a Kickstarter and they, they had a couple, they made a few of these and it works really good. Can't find any problems. And then now you start making a thousand of them and all these problems pop up because of the manufacturing process. And some of the things change, you know, the guy with made the grill gun when he originally came out with it, it didn't have half the stuff that it has on it now. And he had to change a few things because they found out once you go from doing a limited production to a mass marketing production, things change a lot in the manufacturing process and you can't use the same equipment, the same materials. You can't design it the same way. So a lot of these companies, that's what happens. You know, they, they do a limited run and everything's great. And then they do a mass run and now everything sucks. So, I mean, it's that whole balancing act and and then you got to, you know, work it through again. And I think that's what happened with Weber. I think that's what is going on right now with Innova. They're luckily they're not having any major problems that I can see that they can't, you know, fix. Everything is pretty much, you know, we can switch out the water tank. They're just use the wrong material because 
you know, they're finding in some instances. Can you move the water tracking. tank? Can you pick it up and move it over to the sink and fill it up? Yeah, you can take it out, but you don't need to. Oh. Hey, all, I want to welcome back Inkbird Products as a sponsor of the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Inkbird makes many great different temperature controllers, thermometers, uh, all kinds of time and temp controllers. But one of the best things that they make is their new sous vide circulator that includes Wi-Fi, 1,000 watts of power, and super quiet at a really affordable price. It's one of my top picks for a budget sous vide circulator for people who are just getting started. Make sure you check it out in the link below. Check out Inkbird. Welcome back, Inkbird Products, the fire and water cooking podcast. And think about, you know, when you have a big combi oven or a small one like a Nova, as soon as you open that door, you've changed everything. And then it has oh, to yeah. recover. Um, you know, if you take the lid off your sous vide bath and hold it up there for a while, you're not going to you're not going to notice virtually any temperature loss because that circulator is just going to keep heating the water to make up for it. The thermal mass of all that water keeps the recovery there. It's like using cast iron as opposed to a thin, cheap two dollar skillet from you know the dollar store. I've had people ask me, you know, actually within the last couple of days. You know, which one would you rather have, you know, the a sous vide or the sous vide or the combi steam oven? And um, I, they, they both have their, you know, benefits and pros and cons. And it's I like them both. Question. But if I only had to have one and somebody said, what if you could only have one? I said, well, I'd, I'd pick the circulator every time because uh, it's a lot more versatile. I can do bigger, larger things, longer things. And the, the size doesn't really matter because I can move it to a different container. And, um, you know, I can, I can do a lot more with that than, you know, the oven, I can do baking and all this other stuff, but I'm still limited on size. I can bake in a regular oven. You don't have to have the, you know, Anova oven to bake bread. I can do it in a regular oven. It's just, I, you know, if I want to get the steam in there, I got to put a pan of water in it. So technically, you know, if it's work, you know, I have to pick one. I'm going to pick the sous vide circulator, but they both have their pros and cons. They both have their strengths and weaknesses for sure. So, well, back to the original podcast when you opened it up, you said there's this frustration or arguments within the groups, right, about combi ovens being sous vide. I think the biggest problem that I've seen in all the groups, and, and I'm an admin mod in about six groups, is that the way the information is being presented is disingenuous. You have certain people that will cook in sous vide mode in their ANOVA oven, but way they post the information is, I cooked sous vide at you know 145 at eight hours at 100% humidity. And then the plethora of questions that come afterwards is what pisses people off. If they would say, hey, I use the sous vide mode in my ANOVA oven, and did this, it might be received a little better. People seeing that as disingenuous. <laughs> One of the things I agree with in, in the Facebook groups is if you are strictly saying it, this is a sous vide group and that's all we want to talk about, I have no problem with that. You know, and my my particular group, I mix cooking methods anyway. So I have no problem with people posting in there, you know, but I would like, you know, if somebody does post it's a you know, a sous vide or a combi oven, you know at least state that so people do go but technically the whole reason you're saying that is because they are similar times and temperatures so whether you do it in a combi oven or in a sous vide it's going to get similar type results so it really shouldn't make too much of a difference but 
technically, if you're posting pictures and people are going, well, that doesn't look like a sous vide bath. What is it? You should say it is a combi oven. I kind of nice. agree. Now, but to, I'm, a mod in your, I'm a moderator in your group, Darren. Yeah. And, and I appreciate it when people, you know, differ, uh, they differentiate between, yes, this is a Nova sous vide oven. These are my right. times and temperatures. I like that. Yeah. I want the information. Now, like I said, if, uh, so, if, go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. Another thing that I don't think we, we mentioned is, uh, one of the things I see a lot of people really like is the fact that they don't have to use plastic bags and they don't have, you know, it saved them time to just throw some things into the Innova oven and have generally similar results in generally the same amount of time. I've, I, and they don't worry about the bags leaking into the water bath and that sort of thing. I can see that being an advantage. I think, I think the ability to take in to, to build a quality, device like that under a thousand dollars is pretty darn impressive oh yes yeah yeah and i think that's you know they're the ones that came out with it first they're they're <laughs> they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting for some of these other companies they're going to go hey well let's see how this turns out for them what problems that they have so that we can not have those problems when we release ours so i think they did the right thing by getting scott involved they, they brought somebody in from outside the company with and they used one of their engineers from Electrolux that um you know Electrolux builds commercial steam ovens and and combi ovens so you know they they brought Scott in who's got the modernist you know uh, cuisine background and he built his own sous vide circulator company so he wasn't some schlub who just posts stuff on you know Facebook <laughs> you, you know, watched he, his interview <laughs> he, Scott did a great job explaining what it is yeah yeah, and he he did a lot of research, and he's you know, like I said, he he got a lot of Nathan Mervald's you know information in there, and and I'm sure he called him a few times and asked for his opinion, and, and some of those guys that know the whole ins and outs of these types of things, and the guy that from uh, Electrolux that um, is the main engineer behind it, you know, has built the commercial type unit, so. I think they did a great job with it. It's going to have issues, of course, and they're going to move on from that. And other companies are going to take this information and do it just like the Breville, the, the Breville, the Breville um, smart oven. I mean, I say Breville, uh, the, you know, toaster convection ovens have been around for a long time, right? They didn't invent it, but they just made it better. They, you know, incorporated the Wi-Fi controls and different, you know, monitors and functions and things that it can do that you know they they've kind of upped it up the game on it so i think technology is going to keep going forward these things keep changing in our kitchens and it's it's like a snowball effect and that's that's why i'm I, every time i get somebody on that works for a company on, on my podcast that's one of the things i like to talk about first is you know look back 10 years ago would you think you know, even if it's a grill manufacturer or somebody, you know, would you think we, we've had these things 10 years ago and, and look how it's changed? You know, who would have thought, you know, I grew up, all you had was a charcoal grill and lighter fluid, you know, and we burned everything on the grill. And even on the smokers and the stuff that's coming out just for the patio, some of the stuff it just blows my mind anymore. So all, all, all forms of cooking right now is just, it just blows my mind. The temperature controllers, everything crazy, the internet of things, everything's connected to the Wi-Fi and control. Literally I did that video on those prime ribs. I was able to um, monitor 
change the temperature from church. I'm sitting there, you know, making sure, you know, that my internal temperature didn't go above certain time, you know, so I could cut the, the temperature of the grill back down or even shut it off if I wanted to. And I'm, you know, 20 miles away. So that kind of stuff, it just, it changes everything, you know, and you can do a lot more now. I mean, it's just crazy. So when I took uh, the HACCP course down at Korea, uh, there was a guy named Aaron there who was the sh- chef for one of Jose Andre's restaurants around DC. I forget which one. Uh, and I was talking to him, we had a break and I was talking about the rationales and they had just installed the newest ones. And he got on his phone. He said, yeah, I can check what's going on in my restaurant right now. And he brought up the thing and showed me the rationale ovens on his phone. Like, here's what they're doing. These are the program modes. These are the temperatures, all the information he needed to know about that. That would be that he would get from the display on the oven in person. He could do it wherever he is. It's amazing. I want one. Uh, about 15,000, 30,000? About 30, 35. Wow. But I can do I that know. on my Anova oven too, though. See, I can monitor <laughs> wherever I go. And it's sous vide. I don't care what. From church. Says. From church. So if your Nova turns into Dante's Inferno, <laughs> you can know from church. So when I get my second version of the oven i will probably put put one in a bag i'll throw a probe in there you know and uh, i'll contrast that with my my sous vide well here's real a sous vide. Here, here's a blog post from some you know person, send all that stuff to me some some person from 2019 november 1st 2019 so this is before the anova oven was released correct okay how to sous vide steak in a steam oven. So Anova okay. didn't come out with the sous vide oh, mode. <laughs> so just showing you that this is just been a talked misnomer. But it's just been talked about and experimented right, right. with. And the only reason I pulled this up is because I just found this article and well, you know said all that stuff to me, Kevin. And it just kind of tells you know, what sous vide cooking is and the point of sous vide and blah, blah, blah. And then how to do it in a, cause this is when steam ovens, like the cheaper, just steam ovens, like one of the ones I'm using came out and people were right. like, can it, can it sous vide and all that. So, I mean, like when I use it in the bagel shop with the injecting steam into the oven, it's the same exactly. thing. So, yeah. I mean, so it's not like I said, it's not like a Nova came out with that term and they did it on purpose and they're using it just for marketing. It's, it's been in the industry and that's been used this way for that reason that people can understand that you're using a, those similar type times and temperatures and they don't. But outside the bag, people have to understand you're not pasteurizing. You're using outside moisture. You're not using the proteins and moisture to actually. Well, cook wait, the wait a minute. You can pasteurize outside of a bag. It's not the bag that pasteurizes. Well, right. There's, there's, there's no long term. There's, there's no long term storage. Uh, excuse me. No, it's long term storage. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you, you can, can still pasteurize. You know, you're not right. keeping it pasteurized. As soon as you open right. the door, right. it's unpasteurized. Yeah, exactly. Boom. Boom. Unpasteurized. Right. Yeah. So, but you're also not using the moisture of the protein to actually process the food using right. an outside source, using the moisture. I under, under a hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with you. hundred percent. It would at a hundred percent steam. You would be using the moisture in the protein. Cause it's not, evap- the yeah, yeah, sense, it's, yeah. not, it's not evaporating. It's not, it's not evaporating. You're right. You're right. But it's not sitting in its own juices is what you're trying to say. Right. So when's your uh, blog post going to be condemning 
sous vide mode and combi ovens coming out, Lloyd? Well, I don't want to write a post about that until I actually own an oven. Okay, because that'd be uh, disingenuous of me. I will write a post down the road when I get my machine. I'll, I'll get a humidity. Uh, uh, um, I'll, I'll buy all the toys. You know, a proper way to uh, dial in the temperature, proper sensors, uh, a wet bulb temperature. Um, I'll buy it all. So what do you think? Just just a second, are you? What do you think is coming in the future? We've seen, like I said, all this technology coming with these. You know, Lenovo's the first one with this home-based combi oven. You know what Breville's got out there. Do you think Breville's going to come out with something similar? Do you think other companies are going to join suit or come out with something totally different on their own? Maybe take a CVAP and... Breville and and PolyScience will have their own. I don't know if PolyScience... I can't see why they wouldn't. I don't know why PolyScience would because they, they don't really make things for home cooks i mean you can no. buy it but it's not generally marketed to home cooks no you're right it's, it's right it's a thousand dollars yeah and that's my first one i bought so um you're right you're right i mean it's like vacuum i'm, I'm a home cook a I'm, I'm, I'm a home cook yeah it's like 399 you're right, you're right. 250 circular no i, I, I think uh, it was like 249 the ones that they just came out with are actually the pricing is coming down but they're still not marketed towards home cooks. I mean, home cooks can right. buy them just like VacMaster. Their, their stuff's not really even marketed towards home cooks, even their vacuum sealers. They, they just did when they came out with the new um, 200 and the, and, and some of the ones they came out with in the past, but they, they had issues with them and they got rid of them. But, you know, they still concentrate more on the, um, on the restaurants or, uh, right. commercial type use stuff. But, um, well, all right, guys, I think we're about done. What else, uh, what else you want to talk about? This is our last one for the year. Well, you said that what are they going to come out with? And, and I see um, pellet grills, and you, you got several, uh, uh, Kevin. It's one thing I don't have. Excuse me, uh, Darren. Uh, I see them um, having water pans in there, steam injection, something like that, because uh, my Weber Smoky Mountain, for example, has a water pan. Most uh, charcoal or, or grills have uh, pans in there with water. I see the pellet grills, right, having a water tank on the side with injected steam. You think so, huh? I do, I do. I think I don't think it's going to be um, anytime soon with that because I think, I don't know, it, it just seems that there's, there's some things coming out where, and this hasn't happened up until this new one's coming out, but even me had was, we were talking about this last year even, there's all these pellet grills and, and even the charcoal grill with master built has now where it's, um, you know, Wi-Fi controlled and you can actually, it's got the thermostatic control where oh, you nice. really don't, don't have that. The gas grills have never had anything like that. And actually there's a company, um, called, um, auto wild. <clears throat> it's the auto wild. Auto wild. Yeah. Auto they, wild, they're yeah. actually, they're, they actually came out with, and they're marketing now and you can buy one. It's a, uh, thermostatic controlled gas grill actually use your wi-fi and and get it dialed in to within a couple degrees of temperature and and all that and it's actually a modular type system where you can add and with you know add different pieces to it and uh it, it's pretty cool setup but nobody's oh. even, even weber hasn't coming out come out with wow. a gas girl or napoleon that you can actually have wi-fi and thermostatic control and and yeah, well, um, control to it so i'm going on the record for 2020 pellet grills will have a steam injector 
And they're right. going to call it humidity control. They're not going to call it sous vide like. Okay. We're going to put Lloyd down but, for yeah, pellet, pellet, pellet grills, grill. sous vide pellet grills. No, no sous vide humidity control. Call it the cup. They're going to call it the. They're going to call it the Capuccio effect. Yeah, <laughs> I think that'd be great. I think. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, what do you think's coming up? I think it's just going to. I don't. I, I'm surprised we haven't seen more stuff with induction cooking. Like that kind of died off. That that hit its peak for a while. I think induction's great, but not seeing much of it anymore, which I think is interesting because that's a technology that's pretty accurate and could probably be put into different applications for different sort of cooking devices um you know it doesn't necessarily just have to be something you put a pan on it's all it's a way to create heat and do it pretty accurately uh i think Ooh. we're going to probably see more of this I, i'm not sure you know I, I can't i can't if i had known an instapot was going to come out i would have talked to an engineer and talked about it and come up with another design or another name and done the so, same so thing um, question for you kevin and you too darren so in your nova oven are there the heating elements just coils just coils on top, electric yeah. coils. So I wonder, could you combine that with induction to generate heat so cleanup is easier? easier? Well, the, induction the way induction talks, works, the way induction just, works, you got to have something touching it. So metal has to right. touch. You know, I wonder if they induction. could. I wonder if they could do something with induction that it doesn't require contact, but you can actually have it inside an oven. What it's do you think, mag- Kevin? It's magnetics. Well, you gotta, well you yeah, magnetics. <laughs> You just, you, if, if you put a piece of magnetic steel on an induction burner, it's going to create heat and it's going to heat up and that'll be your heating element. Yeah, they're already, so like I have, I have, you know, there people get into induction and then they realize that they have a $2,000 pan set, copper <laughs> pan set that won't work. So yet you have to buy magnetic iron, magnetic steel plates to put on top of the induction cooktop burner. And then you put your pot on top of that. So it heats the, the metal disc that then heats the pan. So then you can you don't have to throw your, your cookware away. You can use a cookware that isn't induction capable in that manner. So, so that can work in another. You can heat theoretically. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah, you're creating heat and you're doing it quickly and pretty efficiently. It's a lot more efficient than uh, so if you're using induction, you can heat metal in an oven get that metal hot which is the same as getting the metal in the metal cool and uh it would work out pretty well i think so let's make our own combi oven using induction there you go well all right guys i think we're about (laughs) done here we've been going an hour and a half so i want to thank you guys for being on have we both hope you both have a great holiday season new year no lloyd you 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 just went through your holidays from Monica. Happy, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year. I'm sure we'll we'll be talking daily, but these guys won't hear us anymore. So <laughs> next year I'm gonna probably do um some more of these. Um uh, you know, we're gonna talk a little bit more. I'm gonna try to get some more uh, specialized guests on the podcast as well. Um gonna have a little bit more we're not time special? to do that. So. Kevin, he just called us non-special. I said specialized. All right, guys, thanks for joining the Fire and Water <laughs> Cooking Podcast. I'll see you again on the next Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Bye, guys. Bye. Say bye, Kevin. Bye. Bye, Kevin. 
Well, guys, thanks for following the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. I guess we'll see you again sometime next year. I want to thank you guys for following us. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you follow the Fire and Water Cooking YouTube channel. Follow follow the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. And check out the new Fire and Water Cooking book available on Amazon in hard copy, soft copy, and ebook. I'll see you again on the next Fire and Water Cooking Podcast.